Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We've dug all the way to the end of season three. And as we're on the brink of Minecraft 1.17, the caves and cliffs update, I thought we go over the history of every Minecraft update. Could we find hints at Minecraft's future by looking at its past? Let's find out in this final episode of Season 3 of Dig Straight Down. What is going on, crafters? Welcome to another episode of Dig Straight Down with me, your host, Rebel JC, recorded on Sunday, May 30th, 2021. This is the final episode of Season 3. It's been an amazing episode. I am very satisfied with the way that it has all unfolded with the the growth of the show and more people listening. And it's just been an amazing, an amazing journey. And guys, I cannot wait to come back for Season 4. I've got some things in mind. Hopefully, if they all work out, Season 4 will be even better. So yeah, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I am taking a break for the month of June. I will be back in July with a new season, season four. And then at the end of season four, I'll be taking a month break in December. I take two months out of the year just to take a break from the show and get my thoughts together, maybe concentrate on some other things. And yeah, so uh, it's been good. It's been a good thing to do that. It helps me keep this show fresh for myself and helps me continue to enjoy putting it together. So um, yeah, that's what's going to happen. Before we get into the episode, I did make a mistake last episode when I was talking about um, some of the features that Bedrock did or didn't have compared to Java. Um, I made the comment that Bedrock, uh, Minecraft Bedrock Edition did not have a way to see your coordinates. Um, But it does. My uh, bedrock does have coordinates, Um, and from the wiki, it's uh, the wiki says in bedrock edition, the block position of the player can be displayed by changing the world options. The coordinates are displayed in a box at the top left. If the show coordinates option is turned on in game, in the game settings screen, or slash game rule show coordinates true is used. So. Um, that's from the wiki. A lot of people who play Bedrock and are familiar with Bedrock actually um, sent me messages saying, hey, you got that part wrong, so thank you to everybody who did that. Hopefully that clears it up. Um, I need to do a little bit more research into what Bedrock actually has. That being said, I, I, I still think that a sextant, would be, a sextant item would be way cooler to have uh, in the game even for Bedrock, um, other than using those, like, debug screen F3, uh, type features, so, so yeah, uh, just correcting that mistake, um, speaking of mistakes, I did also miss a, um, a part of the Dragon's Egg Challenge in, um, the last episode, um, this idea from Ironlock member Jackie Boy, I f- did not see it in the, uh, Discord channel, 
and so I skipped over it, unfortunately. My apologies, Jackie boy. I'm going to read it out right now just to say that I've got it, and it's in the show, and that that's very important to me that that I, I, I pay attention to these kind of things. So, from Jackie Boy, the challenge was add something to the game, add something to Minecraft, whatever you want. And so this is what Jackie Boy wrote. They said, first idea, end crawlers. They connect to the bottom of end islands. They are tameable using Shulker Essence, which uh, has a 5% a drop chance from killing Shulkers. End crawlers are hostile to Endermen if they are in contact. The second idea is dreams. When you sleep in a single-player survival mode world, there is a 50% chance to have a dream. You can have a nightmare, which is a dungeon, but if you die, you wake up. A lucid dream, which you will be put into creative mode for one minute, or just a regular dream in which you watch a Minecraft lore-related cutscene. So I'm sorry that I missed this idea because it is actually a really, really awesome idea. Um, this, the dream part. I, I think that somehow adding dreams into the sleep function might be a pretty cool thing. I don't know exactly how it could be implemented, but it is a really cool idea. So thanks, Jackie Boy, for uh, for pointing out that I did miss your idea. I'm, I'm sorry. I apologize again for that. Um, hopefully I won't do that kind of thing again. Uh, and speaking of Dragon's Egg Challenges, let's dig into this episode's Dragon's Egg Challenge. Now the Dragon's Egg Challenge is an event where three teams of listeners compete in creative challenges to win the Dragon's Egg Trophy in their Discord channels. Uh, last episode I gave the challenge to imagine a new dimension it was an entire new dimension. Now there were so many ideas that came rolling in. Guys, whew, so many ideas came. Um, and, and and not really through Discord as much, through emails. People were sending in emails with their ideas for, um, for new dimensions. And guys, so many that I'm not able to read every one of them. Um, if you don't want this to be an hour-long episode of me reading Dragon's Egg Challenge ideas then I just can't, I can't fit them all in. So I'm going to put in two ideas per team. Now, if I don't read your idea, it doesn't mean that I haven't seen it. I read every single one, um, and they are all being factored into the scoring here. So um, I'll read the, I'll read the two that I chose to put into the episode, um, but all of the other ideas have been read and are being factored into the scoring. So let's get into Team Ironlock. First, we have uh, from Ironlock member Fraser. They say, My dimension is called the Asogos Realm. You will be able to find a new ore called Aflon Ore. It can be used to upgrade iron, making Aflon Steel. It is not as strong as diamonds, but stronger than gold and iron. You will be able to find Gossier Settlements. These are big structures containing houses inside. Also inside will be the Goshers, and if you trade with them like you do with and you can trade with them like you do with piglins. There are three biomes in this dimension. There is the Aso Forest containing a shulker-like creature in its center. There is also the Farlands. It is a barren zone with scattered skeletal trees. They are light brown with no leaves and are very sad looking. There is a 50% chance that they will contain a gribbler's nest. <laughs> Gribblers will grab you and lift you up before dropping to your in inevitable death on the barren ground. All right, and moving on to the next idea from Arcalor. This is Arcalor member Zachariah. 
and they write, When looting a woodland mansion, you might find a strange altar room. If you throw a green goat horn crafted with one goat horn and four vines, a portal to this dimension will appear. The Forgotten Forests is the dimension. In this dimension, you can get two new wood types, darkling wood and green moss wood. Also in these woods, you will find three different structures, woodland greenhouse, sasquatch den, and the treehouse. There will also be a new mob, the sasquatch. Sasquatches spawn in sasquatch dens and will attack you on sight if you are not wearing sas sasquatch fur armor. Sasquatch is a hard word to say. <laughs> Killing them can award you with sasquatch fur, though a much more peaceful way is waiting for them to shed their fur. The fur can be crafted into Sasquatch fur armor, and when wearing the full set, you can barter with them like you can with piglins. If you give him water bottles, he will give you things like Sasquatch fur, sticks, saplings, and another and other foresty things. Goodbye and have a nice break. Well, thank you so much. I will have a nice break. <laughs> um, for, these, for these ideas and all the other ideas that I was not able to read, I give them... An originality score of four out of five for attention to detail, a four out of five, and for how they were, how well they were communicated, um, also a four out of five, giving Ironlock a overall score of twelve. And moving on to Arcalor. Now this is from Mario King thirteen in an email. They say, "Hi Rebel JC, here are my ideas, and I am also on Team Arcalor. Good deal." Uh, number one, suggestion. Please do not only read the winning team ideas in the next season, because if you only read the winning team's ideas, I will not be able to hear the other ideas, and I will be sad. Oh, I'm okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know. I know. Look, I, I, wish, that, I wish that everyone could be able just to hear their ideas every time they send one in, and I'll do my best to, to make sure that I give everyone equal amount of attention and, and respond as much as possible. It can be, it can be pretty hard because, um, I mean, I'm, I'm the only one who's doing this right now. Um, I don't really have anybody on my team who answers emails and looks at stuff. Um, but in the Dragon's Egg Challenge has kind of gotten a little bit more than I can manage in this season, so I'm really, really trying to figure out a way to not have that be the case. So unfortunately, in the next season, I am going to only read the winning ideas um but hopefully what my plan is is to have all of the ideas that i receive available to read on the website that will be linked in the show notes of future episodes so i'm sorry mario king i know i know i'm sad too but i get tired of talking after a little while especially after reading so um you're just gonna have to bear with me and be patient and you will see all of the ideas on the website eventually Number two, they say, rating, I would rate your podcast with a diamond. I love your podcast so much. Thank you so much. That makes me very happy, and I'm glad that you're enjoying. All right, and now for Mario King's Dragon's Egg Challenge. They write about the Void Dimension. First, you beat the Ender Dragon, and you get the Dragon's Egg. Then you put netherite around the egg in every direction in the crafting table to make the teleporter. Then you go back home and find three portals. You beat the challenges in each portal, which is a strength challenge, a protection challenge, an endurance challenge, and you get the super ender eye. Finally, you teleport to the void dimension and you will see the skeleton ender dragon flying overhead. Flowing plants, glowing blocks, dim light, the remains of some enemies you of some of the enemies you fought, and new void enemies. There will be some new bosses you do not see yet. So there's a little bit of mystery in this idea here. 
very interesting idea, the void dimension. I think the void is such a fascinating thing, and I would like to see um, it be fleshed out in the future. All right, and this is from almost the whole Arkalore team. <laughs> this is from Seamus, High Hopes, Elephant Man, Quill Games, Stallion Swagman, and Bingo's Republic. And their idea is the ether. It's not the aether, it's, not, it's the ether, just with the E-T-H-E-R. With mineable and standable cloud blocks. Okay, cool. Being able to collect cloud and put it around your builds like fog, that might be pretty cool. It is only able to be accessed from the end... Uh, maybe only be to be able to be accessed from the airships with a one-use item or artifact. There is a tameable hawk mob, an egg that acts like a beacon with only specific effects and a smaller effect range than a beacon, and it has to be on a two-block tall quartz pillar tower to work. Sky castles with maybe more endermites than in the overworld and in other dimensions, and another powerful mob. Very interesting idea there. Sounds like it might be like a sky islands dimension. For originality, I give all of Arkelor's ideas a 3 out of 5. For attention to detail, 4 out of 5. And for how they, well they were communicated, a 3 out of 5, giving Arkelor a score of 10 points. All right, and moving on to Nightbane. This comes in from Nightbane member Bluebolt111, and they write, my new dimension would be called Invicta, or Unconquered in Latin. Ooh, get pulling out the Latin on us there, Blue Bolt. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, you would be able to get there by a certain mechanism in the end ships, perhaps powering it with the new amethyst blocks. When the end ship arrives, you would be greeted with a barren wasteland with mysterious creature structures floating in the air. The ground and the mountains would be made of a, made up of two blocks: dead nihilium and petrified mycelium. These would be very dark gray in the dead nylum and a lighter gray in the petrified mycelium. The floating cities could possibly be where the ones who built everything live, and I'll leave them for your imagination. Very, very interesting. This sounds like a a um a dead um mushroom world and the the, the um the name Invicta or Unconquered kinda hints that it might have an interesting lore there, so very, very cool. Um, okay, and this one comes from uh, Nightbane member Void, and Void writes, The Beyonder dimension is entered through the most holy block I know, the gold block. I don't know, I think the netherite block might argue with that. <laughs> it has to be lit with a flint and end steel, mined in the end. When you enter, you will feel the holiness of this place. Everything from biomes to villages is enhanced. Ores will be made up of the blocks of that ore, and will be more frequent. Villages will have some villagers and some elves that will live in houses inside of trees and will have iron swords and will attack you if you punch them or steal from them. But in this world of peace and tranquility, beaches with palm trees and mountains that rise up high and long forgotten in stone brick temples, there is a flaw. Corrupted portals. They are flickering portals that are broken but still work. Their spawn is bad and the area surrounding the corrupted portal is filled with purple mist and corrupted piglins. Along with them come corrupted endermen and occasionally corrupted hoglins. All of these will attack you on sight, but will not leave the area that is marked by corrupted grass, which is purple grass. All of the mobs have a purple tint to their original skin and are hunched back a little. The portals usually lead to a very bad spawn and occasionally over or inside a lava lake. Ooh, that sounds very, very dangerous. <laughs> All right, for the originality of Nightbane's ideas, I give a two out of five. 
for attention to detail a 4 out of 5, and for how well they were communicated a 3 out of 5, giving Nightbane a score of 9, which means that the winner of this very last Dragon's Egg Challenge of Season 3 is Ironlock. Congratulations, Ironlock, and as the music starts to fade in, I will read the list of Ironlock members. Jacob 108, Obni, Blue Fire, Catcraft 509, Frazier, Jackie Boy, John Son of Donut, Henbonk, Lightning 7210, Netherlord 125, Spark, Spark Bandit, The Gaming Utter 2, Thunder, Tucker, and Zachariah. Now that was the final challenge of Season 3. The Dragon's Egg challenges for Season 3 are now over and done. Ironlock was the final one to claim the Dragon's Egg and will hold it until the beginning of Season 4 and as long as they can defend it. So, I don't have any more challenges for you until July, so you're going to have to wait. I'm super excited. If you have any ideas as to what the challenges might should be, Send me an email and let me know at digstraightdowncast at gmail.com. Um, so now, let's dig into the main discussion of this episode. So to start off the main discussion of this episode, I'm going to talk about the pre-release. It finally happened. Minecraft 1.17 pre-release number one has come out, and this means we are getting super, super, super close to the official release of the first part of the Caves and Cliffs update. Guys, I'm excited, and especially excited because one of my favorite features has made a comeback in 1.17. So let's talk about it. From the uh, from the release notes, they say, The first 1.17 pre-release is here. From now on, you should be mostly seeing bugs being fixed. In addition to that, pre-releases don't follow the regular snapshot cadence of releasing on Wednesdays, so keep an eye out. Additionally, based on feedback from the community, we have decided, drumroll please, to include candles. In part one of Caves and Cliffs, again, candles will become available in Bedrock shortly after the release of part one. So Jaffa players, we get candles first. <laughs> um, so yeah, candles are back. New features in 1.17 pre-release one is they have added tons of new enchantments. Oh, I'm sorry, t added tons of new advancements. New enchantments would be cool too, but no, new advancements. The advancements are, whatever floats your goat for floating a boat with a goat. Okay. Uh, wax on for applying wax to a copper block. Wax off for scraping wax off of a copper block. The cutest predator for catching an axolotl in a bucket. The healing power of friendship for teaming up with an axolotl and winning a fight. Glow and behold for making a sign glow. Light as a rabbit for walking on powder snow with leather boots. Surge protector for having lightning strike a lightning rod near a villager without setting the area on fire. Is it a bird for looking at a parrot through a spyglass? Is it a balloon for looking at a gas through a spyglass? And is it a plane for looking at a dragon through a spyglass? And my thoughts are balloons and planes confirmed in Minecraft? <laughs> um, anyway, so cool. Lots of new advancements for you guys who like to hunt advancements. Um, some changes in 1.17 pre-release 1 is candles have been added back to the creative inventory. The recipes for crafting and dyeing candles are once again available in survival. Candles now have a different texture when lit. Glowing text on signs now has an outer glow, making the text in dark colors more visible in the dark. Which is awesome, by the way. Glowing text looks amazing. 
and holding down the spacebar now increases the scroll speed in the credits. Awesome. Okay. So that's pre-release one. Very excited about that. I think that we're about to see the official release very, very soon. And yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So uh, into the main topic of discussion, I wanted just to go over, you know, the list of all of Minecraft update, all of Minecraft's updates, the whole history, starting from the very beginning all the way to now. So we start our journey in pre-classic. Now, according to uh, the wiki, pre-classic is the very, very first prototype version of Minecraft. It was originally named Cave Game until it was changed to Minecraft Order of the Stone, then to just Minecraft. Um, Minecraft Order of the Stone, Stone sounds really, really interesting, and I wonder what the original vision for that like was, if there was going to be some sort of story as to what Order of the Stone is. And I wonder if that little green book that Jeb has would tell us what the Order of the Stone is. Anyway, so, yeah, it started off as Cave Game, Minecraft Order of the Stone, and then it was Minecraft... Um, the features of pre-classic Minecraft was basic lighting, a few little physics, cobblestone and stone, grass blocks and dirt, wood planks, human mobs, which were very odd-looking, uh, the void, um, the ability to respawn somewhere else in the world by pressing R, just to respawn automatically whenever you wanted to, um, the basic placing blocks, destroying blocks, particles, a level generator, chunks, world generation, every, like, and the world was limited. It was not an infinite world. So this was the very, very, very basics of Minecraft. Started it in pre-classic, and then it was succeeded by classic. The classic version was the next thing that happened. And it had quite a bit more blocks than um, the pre-classic version. For instance, it had saplings, it had flowers and mushroom, it had sand, um, it had gravel, it had sponge... Interesting. I thought sponge was added in the update aquatic, but apparently not. Um, maybe it was taken out and added back in. Um, there were a lot of interesting things added in classic. So you see, in classic, Minecraft was coming to a fuller, fuller shape. So in the classic version, you really began to see the world of Minecraft start to flesh out in terms of blocks and everything. It was be, it kind of went beyond stone and cobblestone and dirt and grass and trees and the very very simple basic stuff it started to expand and and the the creators of the game started to explore new blocks and and how to make the environment come alive really and then you get into the next development phase um, which is called indev which is short for in development um, this phase ran from december 23rd 2009 to february 23 2010 so a little over um, it, 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 it was, it, it ran for a few months, um, and basically, um, this is, this is the, uh, this is the update that brought diamonds and an inventory and actual crafting that you could do in the game. Um, so this is where some very, very iconic things that we know and love came into the game, and after InDev came... InfDev, which is short for infinite development, and this is when the world of Minecraft became infinite, where there was actually an infinite map generation. So the very fact that you can just pick a direction 
and walk and you never come to the end of the world, that's because of this update, infinite development. And after InfDev, you move into Alpha. This is apparently the this is the fourth phase of the development cycle of Minecraft. And in this version, finally, we have the Nether, a new dimension to play in. The major Minecraft update during Alpha was the Halloween update. The Halloween update brought the addition of the Nether. It brought gas, zombie pigmen. It brought pumpkins and jack-o'-lanterns and portals to get into the nether. And then after alpha, we move into beta. And in the beta is the fifth and final development stage before the official release of Minecraft. Some of the new features that came with beta were the weather features. So we got rain and snow, more variety in trees. We got new mobs such as the Enderman, squid, silverfish, uh, wolves, and cave spiders. We finally got the strongholds, abandoned mine shafts, and villages. And then after beta was the official release, Minecraft 1.0. And Minecraft 1.0 is often referred to as the adventure update. And the adventure update was really responsible for bringing us a lot of our structures, such as mine shafts, villages, strongholds. It brought ravines. It brought uh, ocean biomes to be deeper and bigger. Really, what the adventure update did was expand the world so that, again, like the, like the title of it says, is really to allow us to have adventures in this world. There are things to now explore, things to conquer, things to fight and 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 help and, and villagers to to rescue and things like that. So adventure was finally added into the game. Whereas before it was sort of just sort of a I mean it was a building game. It was a building game. Everything was a blank canvas. You had kind of enough to do, to have some fun with, but as far as adventure goes, you were really left to your own to make your adventures, but now they're finally giving you things to go out and explore and have adventures with. The next major update was the biomes update. This introduced jungle biomes, zombie sieges, which, by the way, I have yet to ever see an organic zombie siege happen in the game. Um, introduced iron golems and ocelots, fire charges, redstone lamps, so many, so many things. And honestly, I, I'm, it's interesting that this is called the biomes update, when really all it did was give the jungle biome and then update some aspects of uh, the desert biome by giving it uh, giving deserts desert wells. So I'm confused as to why it's called the biome update. It doesn't seem like it really did much for biomes. But anyway, the next major update after the biomes update was called the pretty scary update. And in this update we have finally the wither, we have beacons, we have wither skeletons, we have witches, we have bats. So it was a very almost Halloween, um, it could have been called the Halloween update. It was very Halloween-y, it, it was very monster heavy. Um, and you had things like pumpkin pie, potions of night vision and invisibility. Um, so really this update, the pretty scary update, gave us more enemies to fight. And so, in this update is actually the update where I started playing the game at the tail end, right before the next one came out. Um, so I started playing the game when in, during this update, the pretty scary update. And then we have Minecraft 1.5, the redstone update, and this brought 
all th this really expanded the redstone system so you have new redstone related blocks such as the droppers the hoppers daylight sensors a block of quartz and hopper mine carts all sorts of redstone bits and pieces came in the redstone update and i think this this update really stands out from the rest because it wasn't so much about expanding the world of minecraft as it was about really concentrating on one very popular system within the world it's as if is this it's as if they ever you know it it would be the same thing if they ever just put out an update that said the trading update or the potions update or the inventory update is those are updates that wouldn't necessarily go into expanding the world giving you more things to explore or more things to fight or more things to you know go out and get on on some sort of quest but this is more about what you can build and how you can use a system that they already had in the game so to me 1.5 the redstone update really stands out as very unique um, in the list of updates 1.6 was the horse update and this is the update that when this is finally the update that I started noticing updates coming out because when I heard that we were going to get a horse I was like what in the world horses in Minecraft that's crazy and, and and I was really really excited so when this update came out I was this is what really got me into Minecraft was the fact that with the addition of the horse they were really telling the player hey we want you to go we want you to go out and explore this world and that really shaped the way that I view Minecraft. I don't view Minecraft as primarily a building game. For me, the way I engage in Minecraft is I see Minecraft as a world to explore and a world to to go out and conquer. That's the way I see it. So in, the, in this update, 1.6, the horse update, really hammered that home for me was that's that's what they were saying to to the to players like me who really love to go out and explore they were saying yeah go do that go play the way that you want to play because horses horses are sort of a novelty thing horses are not very useful for building horses are not very useful necessarily for pvp um, horses are definitely not useful for um, for parkour and, and things like that. So it really is for the people who just want to go and cover ground and be you know have that um, have that uh, that experience traveling around the world, not flying over it so that you can kind of dismiss things and get to your get to your destination as quickly as possible. But no, you want to take the time and actually see the terrain that you're in and see the the different features of the mountains and the canyons and the caves and and the the enemies that are there and passing through villages on your way and 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 finding, you know, the next adventure around the uh, uh, over the horizon. This is the update that really unlocked that in my mind. So uh, 1.6, the worst update, has a very special place in my heart. 1.7 is called the update that changed the world. And this update really focused on adding new biomes and generated structures and adding new uh, terrain generation in general. So when it says the update that changed the world, that really is what it means. This is where we got savannas. This is where we got dark oak forests. So it was an amazing update that really, you know, showed the players that, hey, there's a lot more coming down the road. And 
Um, I know we're, we're, we were used to seeing, you know, plains biomes and mountain biomes and, and normal oak forests and, and things like that. But no, there was a lot more coming down the line. And goodness gracious, if only we had known what was going to happen. Uh, because in the next update, we had 1.8, the Bountiful update. The Bountiful update is the update they brought, uh, the spectator mode. Um, it also added tons of new blocks, items, and mobs. This update really just added a lot of life and detail to the world. 1.9 was the combat update, and this is where we got tipped arrows, spectral arrows. This is where the axe really became a weapon and not just a tool that you use to cut down wooden things. It added shields, it added a sweep attack for swords, it added dual wielding, um, and it added lingering potions. So this update really focused on the system of combat and, and fighting. And, it, and in that way, it kind of stands with the Redstone update as very unique. After 1.9, we had 1.10, which was called the Frostburn update. And the main focus of this update, according to the wiki, was to improve the environment and add new mobs to hot and cold biomes, such as deserts and ice plains. So they were really wanting to add life to these uh, more barren places and so we got the polar bear we got the stray and we got the husk in this update 1.11 was called the exploration update and this is one of my favorite updates of because i'm an explorer i i love to explore the world of minecraft i, I don't like to stay in one place very long i like to go and and see what's out there so the exploration update re added the woodland mansion it added uh, the maps that you can get from cartographers to go find woodland mansions, and later on it would be able to find um, uh, ocean monuments as well. It had shulker boxes and shulker shells, uh, and the totem of undying as well. After that, we had 1.12, uh, the world of color update, which I would imagine is builders one of builders' favorite um, updates, is because we have so many new colorful blocks in this game. Uh, this is where the parrot actually came into the game, but we got concrete, concrete powder, and glazed terracotta blocks in this update. 1.13 is many, many people's favorite update, and one of my favorite updates as well. To me, this update really showed how just how much an update can uh, bring change to Minecraft. So this was the update Aquatic, and uh, it's still very fresh in my mind, uh, the update Aquatic is, because for such a long time, oceans had been as barren as deserts, really. They were, they were gross-looking. I mean, nobody really liked the ocean. Um, there were, I, I believe there were ocean monuments before the update Aquatic, but really that was it. You had no, no fish, you had no drowned, you had no seaweed or kelp. You had no coral reefs, sea pickles, none of those things. All of those things came with the update aquatic, as well as the trident and the dolphin and all and, and the conduit as well. But I would say that everyone's favorite thing that came out of the update aquatic, and I would have to say my favorite thing too, um, maybe tied with the trident because I love the trident, is the bubble columns. Um, the, the bubble columns going up and the bubble columns going down was added in the update aquatic and really changed the way people got around their builds. Um, elevators were, were now everywhere because of this update, so this update really added some very valuable features to the game. 
1.14, even more recent, was the Village and Pillage update. This update was so cool. Um, it brought the crossbow, one of my favorite weapons. I love the crossbow so much. Um, this brought the Wandering Trader, everybody's favorite mob, right? Everybody's favorite mob. Um, it brought the Trader Llama, it brought the Fox, the Brown Mushroom, and the Panda, which I thought the Panda would be more popular than it is, but really the Panda is sort of overlooked, I think, a lot of times. The Pillager, it brought the Pillager, the Ravager, it also brought, as well, you know, Pillager raids on, on, um, on villages. It brought Scaffolding, which I will still defend to the death. Scaffolding is awesome. It brought the Lantern, which was a godsend to medieval builders. <laughs> um, it brought the jigsaw block, and that, I'm sure, was really great for map, map makers and, and people who del dealt with the more technical side of things. It brought the bell, the, the bell it brought the barrel, uh, the cartography table, the blast furnace, the composter, the campfire, the grindstone, the lectern, the loom, the smoker. It really just added tons of life to villages and the rest of the world in general. It was a really amazing update, and I have very fond memories of exploring it the first time it came out. Um, after that, we had kind of a smaller update, but still a very notable one, was 1.15, the Buzzy Bees update. This, was, this one was very much about bug fixes, but also it added a bug. It added bees. <laughs> um, bees, honey bottles, beehives, bee nests, honeycombs, all of that came with the Buzzy Bees update. It's a very nice you know, little update, but it was very, very well done, and I thought very much needed as well, because they, I think they fixed a lot of technical issues with the game in that, um, in that update. 1.16, uh, the update that, j that released, you know, the most recent, um, was the Nether update, and like the oceans before the update Aquatic, the Nether had always been bland, and, and kind of gross, and terrible, and very few people enjoyed being in the nether. Uh, the nether update changed all that. The nether update added new mobs, added new biomes, and new colors even to uh, the nether dimension. And really, I think, made the nether an attractive place to be and to build a base and to live. Um, and it's now it, it, it's now way more popular than it used to be, um, the, the nether dimension. So 1.16 was the last update that we received in the game uh, because 1.17 has not come out yet, the Caves and Cliffs update. Uh, the Caves and Cliffs update is is taking, again, another thing that really needs to be fleshed out that, that has been sort of barren and, and bland and boring. Caves and, you know, mountains. Those are, those are two things that have been so um, lackluster, in my opinion, anyway, um, and needed needed breath of fresh air so caves and cliffs um is going to be an amazing update obviously a lot of the most popular features are going to be reserved for the end of this year in 1.18 part two of the caves and cliffs update but even 1.17 honestly I'll, my name for 1.17 is the blocks update because they're adding more blocks in 1.17 than they have in any other update before. So um, 1.17 is going to be really like the builder's dream come true um, because of just the amount of blocks that are being added, especially blocks that are more nature-y and, and plant life um, 
uh, and that that that'll be uh, really good for things like landscaping and um, and world you know and terrain um, modifying. Um, so 1.17 is coming out hopefully very very soon, and then of course after that part two of the caves and cliffs update. 1.18 will bring those really cool things like the warden and the deep dark and and all of that so we have a lot to look forward to um you can really see in the recent updates um really i would say since um i would say since uh the exploration update 1.11 that they've really been looking into they they've they've been They've had a good balance when it comes to developing the game for the people who enjoy building primarily and developing developing the game for people who enjoy the other aspects primarily, things like, you know, survival play and and exploration and things like that. And I'm really looking forward to things like that. What I'm looking forward to the most in Minecraft's future, you know, going off of the pattern of recent updates is the adventure experience that they're really trying to build into the game and i'm i'm glad and there i think the difficulty in creating an adventure experience in minecraft is obviously minecraft doesn't have a story it doesn't have a script you're not playing a main character that goes through and has you know cutscenes and go talk to this npc and they'll give you a quest to do this thing none of that happens in minecraft it's a sandbox but they're throwing it's they're they're throwing little toys into the sandbox that you can use to have adventures and and um that's really what I'm looking forward to um but there are three areas that I think um the adventure experience could be continue to be fleshed out in so the first thing I think there needs to be a reason to go exploring for people who are not builders um now, right now, the reason to go exploring there primarily is to go find new blocks. So if you're a builder and you want to build with terracotta, you really need to go find um, a mesa, or a badlands, rather. Um, if you want to, you know, build with dark oak wood, you need to go find a dark oak forest. If you want to build with sand, you need to go find a desert. Um, so the builder really has a reason to explore in the game and I'm sure many builders love exploring but that's not really why they're playing they're playing because they want to build something on the flip side of that there are people who love exploring they love to they want to go out and find new things not necessarily blocks to collect um, because they don't really necessarily play the game to build like me um, but I would like to see more of a reason for non-builders to go out and explore so you have things like woodland mansions you have ocean monuments um, that you can find uh, maps to from the cartographer villager you also have things like strongholds and um, let's say you know pillager outposts there are things out there that you can raid and and have adventures with but um half of those things are are worth the effort um but then after you've done one you've done them all you know once you've raided one Woodland Mansion, you've kind of raided them all. And uh, there's never any reason to find more than one stronghold because usually you only find the stronghold to get the end portal um, because there's really nothing else in the stronghold worth getting. Uh, you know, and then you have things like the the um, the ocean monument, uh, which in my opinion is not worth the trouble because I'm not going to, I don't want the blocks 
and I'm not going to build a guardian farm. Um, so for explorers, there's no reason to go out and find a, an ocean monument. I mean, after you found the first one, just to say that you found one. Um, and, you know, you have things like the Pillager Outpost, which is definitely not... I mean, it's no trouble at all to go and raid a Pillager Outpost, but, I mean, why would you want to do that and have nothing there? Um, so there, there is a lack of reasons to explore um, after a while for a, a, a person who's playing to explore. Um, so I would like to see more reasons to explore. I would also like to see a, um, a goal in Minecraft um, that expands as you play. And this kind of goes hand in hand into having a constant reason to explore. But um, it, it seems to me that it, it, it isn't that difficult to get to the point in a Minecraft world where you don't really... Um, you don't really have to do anything else. Like you, you've, you've, you have your base built. You have your food supply. You're safe from mobs. You have, you know, all the top tier gear. And then it's like, okay. And I understand that that you just start a different world and stuff. But it would be cool if there was a goal, sort of outside of those things, outside of getting set up and outside of getting your gear together. Um, maybe there's something that you're you constantly have to work on and you constantly have to invest in um no matter how advanced you get in the game that that goal is always there and um maybe there's something there in um maybe there could be a way that we have to keep villagers safe and they're all they're always in constant you know they're getting into trouble and you have to you have to deal with that if that's something that you want to do that would be a goal that's ongoing um, but that would be that would be something that I would also like to see is an ever expanding goal throughout gameplay. Um, also, the third thing and the, the last thing I think I would like to see danger in Minecraft that scales with your progress as the player. So, uh, kind of going hand in hand with the last thing is you know you, it's easy to get to the point where mobs are just no big deal. You know you can just kind of tank them until you can just destroy them um once you get netherite armor that's enchanted like a horde of zombies is nothing to you uh, for the most part obviously there are exceptions if you're not careful um but as far as danger that scales with your progress there really isn't anything as of now i think once when the warden is introduced that is going to be an enemy that even if you have full you know, enchanted netherite armor, it could still squish you, you know? Um, so maybe that's going to be, be the answer to this, but I would, I would love to see maybe the game, um, uh, if you're in, I'm not sure how this would work in multiplayer, but say if you're in single player, the game knows when you have netherite for the first time and knows when you've enchanted netherite. And so the game basically says, okay, they are ready for this challenge. And then you have a new danger facing you that is, that is, that, you know, suited for your level of progress um, rather than, okay, you know, from the first night, you know, when you have no armor, a zombie, you know, is a dangerous thing. But once you get to top tier gear, you're still facing zombies um, and really nothing else unless you go seek out the danger. Um, so maybe there's something there. I'm not quite sure. Um, if you guys have any ideas of how to uh, answer these three uh, things that I would like to see, 
um, explored in the game, uh, let me know by email me at digstraightdowncast@gmail.com. Um, so yeah, that that's the the overview of uh, the history of Minecraft updates and what I would like to see in the future. Um, so what to expect from next season? Because I'm about to take a month break and I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I'm going to be working on uh, what is going to be coming in season four. First of all, and Take take all of these with a grain of salt because obviously something could happen and these things just don't work out. Um, but these are all hopeful. Okay, I'm very hopeful about these. So hopefully, I will be doing videos. I would love to turn Dig Straight Down from a podcast into more of a kind of like a talk show kind of thing on YouTube. Um, the podcast is always going to be here. I'm always going to put it out as a podcast. But I would also like for it to be an actual video series with me on camera talking to you guys face-to-face, -face kind of. Um, I really want to improve my YouTube uh, channel, my YouTube presence, so that's something that I'm going to really try to work on. Another thing is I want to be more focused on the discussion segment of each podcast episode. Like I've said before, um, I'm going to be kind of shaving the uh, Dragon's Egg Challenge down a little bit so that it's less... Um, bulky, uh, I'm, I, that I'm spending less time on the Dragons and Challenge every episode. So I really want to focus more on the discussion topics. Um, so that's something I'll be working on as well. Uh, I hope I would like to open up a Patreon uh, for this show so that um, you guys have the chance to, um, to support the show, um, but also uh, take part in some 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 perks that I would have uh, available for you if you supported the show. So that's something that I really want to work on um, and hopefully will come about. Also, if you're not familiar with Mindfable, Mindfable is the other podcast that I have, and I've been telling the story of Oakenstone Academy on that uh, podcast. I just finished that story recently. The last chapter is up. Um, that story was something that went hand in hand with the Dragon's Egg Challenge, kind of explaining what the Dragon's Egg Challenge even is. Um, so, Mind Fable, I want Mind Fable to become a Minecraft lore up, uh, podcast. Um, so, eventually, I'm going to be releasing episodes on Mind Fable that are not stories, um, but that are more digging into questions about Minecraft lore from you guys. So, um, eventually I'm going to be asking you guys if you have any questions about Minecraft lore that I could go in and, and dissect and explore and try to come up with a really uh, creative and interesting answer. So, like, if you have any idea, if you have any questions about things like, you know, for example, like, you know, what happened to the Piglins Bastions, you know, and um, who built the the original portals, you know, things like that, that I can really dig into and come up with an interesting idea and an interesting lore, and hopefully that will expand into a real um, contained system of Minecraft lore um, that is just my own, you know, headcanon for Minecraft. So that's that's what you can look forward to in the future. But yeah, I am I'm looking forward to this break. Hopefully I can really take the time to dig into improving the show, but also, you know, spending time with family is important um and and doing those things. So I I will always be available for you to to contact on Twitter. You can email me at dickstraightdowncast@gmail.com. Um, you can also join the Discord as well. The link is in the show notes because 
Ah, that brings us to the end of this episode and to the end of season three. So yes, you can contact me in all those places. And guys, until next season, keep digging straight down and I will see you at Bedrock.